Welcome, everybody, to FanStream Sports, powered by DSP Media. This is the Fighting Irish Day Blitz, and I'm your host, Rob Fedoff, also known as RPT. You can find me on X, at PFedoff. Earlier this week, I did a recap of the women's basketball team for the month of January. I'm going to do the same thing for the men's team for this podcast. But first things first, touch the stove, touch the stove, touch the stove. That'll make more sense as we get into this podcast, but I wanted you to hear those words right now. Touch the stove. We have to touch the stove. So this men's team, it's been a struggle for the month of January. It's been a struggle all year. I said that before. We lost 98% of our team from last year. Brand new coaching staff. It's pretty much all freshmen. We have five walk-ons helping out during practice, but it's been a struggle. However, this team has been damn competitive in every single game, especially in ACC play. I even think Marcus or, or Mike, Coach Shrewsbury thinks we're a little bit ahead of schedule right now, too. I predicted 10 and 20 this year. We're on pace for that right now. But I thought of those 20 losses, they'd be blowouts big time. They're not. That's not the case. I thought the losses would be 15, 20, 25 points. A couple have, like Marquette, we got killed, uh, Auburn. But that was earlier in the season. We are in every single game. And a lot of these games we've given away at the end. But if you take the... The last time we had a team pretty much, I'm not starting from scratch, but a lot of freshmen for the most part, the 2018-2019 season, that was when right after Bonzi Colson graduated and prior last really good team, that 2018 team, and you had the Dane Goodwins coming in, the Prentice Hubs, Nate Lashevsky. Uh, we had a couple others that ended up transferring out. And then a couple years later, Cormac Ryan joined the team, a solid player. He's now, he had one year left. He could have played for Notre Dame this year. I don't blame him. He went to a, a highly competitive team. Uh, he went to North Carolina. He's doing pretty well there right now. And that whole group, they really didn't have, they peaked pretty much in the 2022 NCAA tournament, beat Rutgers, upset uh, Alabama, should have upset Texas Tech. We would have made it to the Sweet 16, played Duke, probably would have lost to Duke. But that was pretty much when they peaked. Their senior season was last year, and they were awful. That was pretty much the low point, probably in the Mike Bray era. And then he uh, left, and now he's coaching, um, assistant coach with the Atlanta Hawks. But at least with this team here, they are really competitive. I can't say that enough. But I'm going to do the same thing what I did with the women's uh, recap. We'll go through the schedule uh, pretty briefly. I'll get the, the score for the... For that game and then I'm, I'm big on turnovers and free throw percentage because those are the two things you can fix within your cells that doesn't uh, really dictate how the game's going you can pretty much control how you're shooting the ball at the free throw line for the most part and then uh, turnovers for the most part as well too i know you play a really good defense that can factor in too but if you start focusing in on that uh, aspect of the game a little bit more uh, you can somewhat control that a little bit better is what I'm trying to say. Uh, so we finished the month for eight games, one and seven. I know that doesn't sound good, but this team is making strides right now that I think is going to pay dividends in the years to come. Uh, first game, NC State. We pretty much led this game up until the last three or four minutes by 10 points, but we choked it away. And that's the thing with this team. They cannot close out games in the last two to three minutes. They're standing around too much. Touch the stove. That'll come back in, in this podcast. Uh, uh, NC State, we lost 54 to 52 pretty much at the last second. 13 turnovers. Duke. Uh, Duke's not great this year, but they're still Duke. Uh, lost 67 to 59. 14 turnovers. Georgia Tech. At Georgia Tech, 
We blew the game in regulation, should have won the game in regulation, but won in overtime, and that's big. Uh, 75 to 68. We did have 16 turnovers, but we were 19 out of 21 from the free throw line. So pretty, pretty damn good from the free throw line. The big thing about this game, this was the first game in nearly two years since February the 12th, 2022, that we had a road victory. I repeat, the first game since February 12th, 2022, that we won on the road. And that was that team that made a decent uh, March Madness run uh, two years ago. So road win. Uh, then we come back and play Florida State, 67 to 58 loss, 14 turnovers. That was a bad matchup regardless. Um, very athletic team, very tall team, and we don't have the height right now. Uh, very lanky team. And even those type of teams in the past that even if a Mike Bray, a, a solid Mike Bray team, uh, that'd be a bad matchup for those teams as well. Uh, we got to get we got to get a little bit taller right now. Uh, Boston College, we lost 63 to 59, 14 turnovers. Miami, we lost 73 to 61, 15 turnovers. Boston College, we lost 61 to 58, 13 turnovers. Virginia, all right, let me go back to that Boston College game. Uh, or no, I'm sorry, let's go two more. Miami, we lost that 73 61. Of those 15 turnovers, eight were by Marcus Burton. Our best player right now, McDonald's All American. Hopefully he's here for four years, uh, but your point guard cannot be having that many turnovers. They're going to have more turnovers regardless because they handle the ball more, but he can't have eight turnovers right there. Virginia, last game in January, we lost 65 to 53, 18 turnovers, way too many. Here's the thing. Virginia is always a, a pretty good defensive team, not a great offensive team. They always gave us fits, even during the Mike Bray era when Mike Bray had decent teams. But they had to have us commit 18 turnovers. Also, Virginia shot or made 13 three-pointers in that game. So we we contributed to that 12-point loss right there. If we uh, cut down on the turnovers, and if Virginia doesn't shoot the light uh, the lights out for the in the three-point for the three-pointer, uh, we may have won that game. But coulda, shoulda, woulda, uh, finished one and seven as I said earlier. We're averaging during this stretch in January 15 turnovers per game. We got to get better at that. Uh, also, we're only shooting 68% from the free throw line. So we got to work on those two things that I'm always really keen on right there uh, in order to get this team winning these games. Because they're in every game. They just can't They just can't seal the deal at the end. Uh, they look at like the bad news bears <laughs> half the time. But this team, uh, if they can uh, if they can use... Uh, these games as experience down the road. We get a couple more uh, recruits, maybe some portal kids. With the core that they have right now, especially, I want to say too, I was really hard on Micah Shrewsbury's kid, Braden. I thought, you know, coach's son, he can't hit the three-pointer. Like, they're saying, oh, this is a great three-point shooter. However, he's been really coming on lately. And if we get down in like next year or two years, and those games are coming down to the wire again, and we're up by one or down by one, we need a three-pointer to seal the deal. I can see him being the guy to go to to do that, especially in the, uh, for the three-pointer. He's a really good shooter. When he's on fire, he's on fire. That's all I can say. So hats off to Braden Shrewsbury lately. So let's look at the next five games. Hopefully we can get in the win column. Uh, we currently stand right now after that 1-7 January. We're 7-14. and 14. I said 10-20. and 20. We got to go 3-6 and six in the our because we only have, not, yeah, only nine games left right now. So 
Is that right? No, we have 10 games left. So in any event, we got to uh, go three and seven uh, to finish this out right now. And having said that, uh, so the next five games, I'm getting long-winded here. So the next five games, we got Pitt. That's a winnable game, in my opinion. Duke, probably not. Uh, Virginia Tech, probably not. Georgia Tech and then Louisville are the next two of that five-game stretch. Georgia Tech and Louisville, we can beat those teams. Uh, we beat Georgia Tech at Georgia Tech. Louisville, I know we look really bad right now. Louisville's really bad. That's a bad team. That, to me, is not progressing at all. They are currently 6-15. and 15. That's a game I think we should win. It's at Louisville. But if you take Louisville and Georgia Tech, there's two of the three right there that we can win to finish at uh, uh, 10 and 20. I'd like to uh, finish better than 10 and 20, but I thought if we could go 10 and 20, that that's okay right now this year. And the thing is to me, I know close is only good in horseshoes, but every single game we're competitive. It kind of reminds me of the, let's see here. The, what was the year that we, the COVID year? Oh, 2020 uh, where they canceled the tournament. And that team was on kind of the border to make it into the tournament. I think we would have made it into the tournament. But that team, not the most talented group, but they were in every single game for the most part. That was with John Mooney. Uh, the, that freshman class was, I think, now juniors. and Or no, they would have been sophomores that year. They would have been sophomores. Because the next year, they weren't even, uh, they didn't have a winning record. But that was pretty much when a lot of games were getting canceled because COVID was still around. What I'm trying to say is, uh, that team, as well as this team, you, you just you look at the roster and like, how's this team in every single game? But they are, and that's uh, that's a good sign for the future right now. Uh, so, talking point number three is what coming back to touch the stove, touch the stove, touch the stove. Right after uh, what game was? I think it was the Boston College game, or the I think it was the Boston College game. But Micah Shrewsbury in his press conference. Very frustrated and said, and I, I think too, as I said before, I think he thinks this is a little bit ahead of schedule for this rebuild as well. Because I thought, I think he's thinking, I, I thought my team would be probably, especially ACC play getting blown out by, you know, 20, 25, if not 30 points. That's not the case or in every single game, but he's now frustrated because we should start winning these games that come down to the last three or five minutes. And up until... And this was a good sign during the BC game last week. Uh, Marcus uh, Burton was struggling big time with turnovers, and he sat him in the first half for a good five, six minutes. And then for the last, I think it was about seven minutes left, and up until about the two-minute mark, he sat him uh, during that game. And prior to those games, where we were losing the games in the last two minutes. It was the team just standing around and letting or uh, watching Marcus Burton dribble to the hole, and then pretty much get it uh, blocked or commit a turnover because he's trying to do too much. And as talented as he is, he's only 5'9", if that. And sometimes, you know, he can go amongst the trees, the really tall players, and make a really acrobatic uh, layup. Other times, it gets swatted away because he's, he's very small. He probably needs to gain about 20 pounds. He's smaller than me, even. And earlier in the season, when they were playing... Um, less stellar competition. He could do that. He could go get amongst the trees and get a hoop uh, when he needed to. But now he has to improvise a little. Sometimes he can you know, still make the layup or stop, do a fadeaway like this. And he's money a lot of the time. So other times 
as I, I can't say enough, he's getting it swatted away. And other players are just watching him do, uh, trying to win the game by himself. That wasn't working early on. Well, when he was struggling uh, last week, I, I believe this was the BC game, and turning the ball over left and right, he sat him for five minutes. So from like seven minutes to two minutes. And the team made a run to almost win that game against Boston College. He did bring him in back in. Uh, he brought him back in with two minutes to go. And he made a, uh, uh, he got fouled, made the bucket, but then missed the free throw. But we didn't seal that game. But that gives me confidence that we, yes, we want Marcus Burton in the last five minutes. But if this team has to do it without Marcus Burton to make a run, they can do it. We do not want that to happen. What I'm trying to say is after that uh, BC or Virginia game, I think it was the Virginia game. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It was the BC game. It was the BC game because the Virginia game, it was pretty much over with about three to four minutes to go. But Marcus, uh, or why do I keep saying Marcus? Coach Shrewsbury had said, what I'm most disappointed about this team, we have every chance in the world to win this the last five minutes or three minutes, two minutes. We're sitting around too much besides that Boston College game uh, where they did make a run but didn't finish the deal at the end. We're sitting around too, or too, we're afraid to make a mistake. It's like if you're making a meal and you got to use the stove, you're too... Uh, uh, it's either hot or cold. They don't want to touch the stove right now. But in order to make that meal, screw it. Whether the stove's hot or cold, you got to use it. You got to touch it. And I don't know if he was really going into that, but he was more or less, just touch the damn stove right now. Those were the, weren't the words he said. I I don't want to, or they have to bleep me out here, even though I cuss sometimes on this show. But uh, it's more or less, touch that damn stove, whether you make a mistake or not. We have to, whether you're making that meal or whatever, touch the stove. That's what I'm trying to say. And I think he was trying to say, too, if you're if you're a chef or anything, you got to use that stove. It's either going to be hot or cold, but you got to use it and then just go from there. And that's what this team has to do, regardless of whether we win or lose. Make every effort you have. Don't be afraid if you're going to make a mistake. But just don't be standing around all day and waiting for Marcus Burton to make a play because he cannot do it all. He's too damn short to constantly go among the trees, the really tall players, to make a play because they now have film film on him, and you can uh, uh, you can kind of cater your game to stop him. But you're not going to stop him the entire game, but you can stop him at certain points of the game. And he just needs help right now because he's trying to do too much. And like that, as I look at my notes here, the Miami game of those 15 turnovers, he had eight of those right there. Uh, but touch the stove. That's what we got to do. We got to touch the stove, not care if we make a mistake down the last two minutes. If we lose, we lose, but don't lose because you're too afraid to make a mistake right now. Touch that stove. Uh, what else here? So yeah, we got to, we can, uh, win at least three games down the stretch here. That may sound like a lot for this team, but I, I think we can do that. I think we do even a little bit better. And this team, I know it's a rough go one and seven. It's not the way we wanted to. Uh, and January, but this team right now, watch out because, and let me just, my last closing point, because I've said before, I live in Columbus, Ohio. I remember uh, when Jim O'Brien took over for a really bad Ohio State team in 1998, and that's when they fired uh, Randy Ayers, and that team, was, that was with Michael Red. Scooney Penn had to sit out a year because that was when you tra when you transferred, you had to sit out a year, and I was a senior at o Ohio State. I was a student there. And I was going to, I was a big Indiana fan at the time. So I had to go to the Indiana game and some other games. And they pretty much 
I think they in the Big Ten. Maybe they won two games in the Big Ten, if that. But they were getting, I mean, the shit knocked out of them at times. But they were competitive as well. Very competitive in every game. The Indiana game I went to, Indiana had to do everything they could to win that game. And I think they won in overtime. But what I'm trying to say is the next year, that team, uh, granted it helped that Scooney Penn came, but all those lumps that they took in that first season, they ended up going to the Final Four that year in 1999. I know that Final Four was stripped from Ohio State because Jim O'Brien, I think he, what did he do? Lend like 20 bucks to Boban Savovich uh, at the time. To me, that's, of all the things that are going now with college athletics, that's that's not a bad thing what a coach could do. He needed the money at the time. I know he broke the law, but anyway, they stripped that Final Four appearance from Ohio State. But what I'm trying to say is that team struggled mightily that first year. But then 19, they went to the Final Four. I'm not saying Notre Dame's going to the Final Four next year, but this is a stepping stone. You're going to have to really go through these bad circumstances, get the experience of these kids, and maybe um, get some uh, portal kids. We have a really good recruiting class coming in. I know that's only – I always hear that, oh, great recruiting class coming in. They always had to pan out because that 2018 class that came in that never really amounted to much except for that 2022 run with the Dane Goodwins and the Prentice Hubs and the Nate Lashevskys. But right now, I think uh, they're ranked uh, in the top 20. I think we're like 18 right now, and I'll take that for Notre Dame. I think uh, uh, Nazi Mohammed's kids coming in, and I think he's a center uh, right now because uh, I think the, the thing is too right now with Keba Jai uh, – Kid's working his ass off, really working hard. But to me, he's not a he's not a true center. He's a power forward. And when we play a taller team, he really struggles. But those of you who know Nazi Muhammad, he played for Kentucky when Kentucky was really good in the late 90s. And uh, he had a decent NBA career as well because he, he was so tall. And uh, we're getting uh, his son and a couple other players as well. So uh, just stay patient. I know I'm kind of a broken record lately with uh, this men's team, but stay patient with this team and watch this team. They're busting their ass off every every game and they're in every game. We just have to touch that stove, say screw it, and uh, start winning these games and not blowing it in the last two to five minutes. So thank you so much for joining me for episode 128. And as always, go Irish. <laughs>